Hi, this is Jean-Jacques Taylor, and you're listening to Jot Talk. This is a podcast where I talk about the Cowboys, the team I've covered as a beat writer, columnist, TV insider, and radio host for 28 years. I'll also talk about the NFL and the things I love, working out, streaming, food, and all things Dallas. My boy, Big Joe and the Big Rig, one of my oldest friends, produces the show and occasionally chimes in with his thoughts on the Cowboys. After all, he's a lifelong Cowboys fan, and he played high school, college, and semi-pro football. Welcome to Jock Talk, where sports is fluid. What's true today might not be true an hour, a day, or a month from now. I'm going to give you the truth straight. No chaser. Glad to have you aboard. Let's get it. Welcome to episode 63 of Jock Talk. I hope you are prepared to be entertained and dazzled for the next hour or so. It's me and Big Joe and the Big Red. Uh, discussed the conference championship games. A little bit left over from that. Uh, Luka Doncic, catch up with ESPN insider Todd Archer, and the joy of video games. How about that? Uh, first, though, I always want to tell you uh, what I need you to do right now. Take two seconds is to uh, go to uh, Jacques Talk, the real Jacques Talk on YouTube. Subscribe. How about you do me that favor? I'd appreciate it very much. Uh, you can also uh, watch the show at the real Jacques Talk on YouTube. Uh, you can follow us on IG at uh, the real Jacques Talk, and you can always follow me on Twitter at JJT Journalist. Handle is I am Jean Jacques Taylor. I like to remind you, if you think you follow me, you don't. My account got deleted. It's a long story that I'm going to share with y'all one day when it's safe. <laughs> uh, but right now, trust me, if you follow me, let me try that again. What up, Doc? It's all Big good. Big had to go to, nah, no, uh, no. Nah. Maybe you had to go to the bathroom. Nah, nah, I ain't gonna leave you like that. <laughs> nah, uh, uh, I know uh, we had a we had a blackout right there. Oh, okay. No worries. I thought you were trying to come up with the number sixty three. Since nah. this is episode sixty three. Yeah. Uh, Larry Cole, Mike Singletary. Uh, I'm all about Willie Lanier when it comes to sixty three. Mike Singletary so. was sixty three at Baylor, but Willie Lanier is good. I'm just going off top of dome. Well, that, that's what you should do. Yeah. Uh, I think but, that was John Giesick, maybe. Man, you do come up with some random Dallas Cowboys players. I give you credit for that. Oh, yeah, that's that uh, McDonald's. Back in the day, you had that McDonald's poster. That was about a 32-inch poster you can put on your wall. I knew all them Cowboys <laughs> in the 80s up until maybe high school. Yeah, maybe right. to 85. I ain't mad at you. Yeah. Uh, if you're ever involved in the car accident uh, and it's not your fault, what you got to do, what you need to do, what you must do is pick up the phone, call 972-934-8900. The number is supposed to be in your phone by now so that when you need it, what? You ain't got to look for it. Um, Greening Law, you call them, they pick up the phone, and literally you say, hey, here's the details to my situation. And they'll tell you right then how it sounds. And if they bring you on as a client, and it doesn't matter, again, whether we're talking about a trucking accident or medical malpractice or, uh, you know, uh, birth injury. Anytime you've sustained an injury and it's not your fault, you give them a call. And if they bring you on as a client, it's been a great day for you. Uh, because they take care of everything, literally. They want you focused on two things, healing and renewal. I mean, think about it. If you get your mind right and get your body right, you get your life back. And that's what they want you to do. So you focus on that, get your mind back, get your body back. 
Get your life back. It's all good. Healing and renewals with Green Laws all about you. Need a doctor? They can find that for you. Need a specialist? They can find that for you. You don't pay a thing unless they get paid. You hear that? They don't get paid unless you get paid. What better deal is that than that? You can't find one. So they do grid work. Uh, they walk you through the process because anytime you're involved in this thing, it can be long and tedious and drawn out and frustrating and complicated. Scary sometimes because you're going up against somebody else's big time insurance company. You need somebody to ride with you, tell you when to turn left, when to turn right, when to stay still, when to move forward, all of that stuff. Greening Law does that. My man Robert Greening does some great work in the community, does some great work in the courtroom. Um, but you ain't got to take my word for it. You can go to greeninglaw.com and check out their website. You can see the testimonials from people who have rolled with them and the work that they've done and the success that they've had. So do that. But at the end of the day, if you're involved in an accident, it's not your fault. You need to call 972-934-8900 and let Greeting Law take care of you. Uh, now let's give Todd Archer a call. He's been busy at the East-West Shrine game all week. Uh, I'm interested to see if he was doing that because he wanted to or because he got assigned to it. I wonder if he'll tell us the truth. Uh, he's brought to us each and every week by uh, Smokey John's Barbecue. He'll probably fuss at me for being late today. Let's see. What's up? What's up, bro? How you rolling? I heard what you were saying, and so now I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I just wondered if you was going to fuss at me or not. Man, I, Why'd you I go to the crime practices today? I'm, uh, you know, JJT Media Group has always got some work to do. I am uh, working uh, on a, let me see, I'm trying to make sure I don't overinflate my role. I'm working, I'm uh, part of a production team that's working on a documentary on uh, Quantez Stiggers, uh, who uh, is playing with the Toronto Argonauts, but is in the East-West Shrine game as a professional player, which is kind of weird. Uh, My man Brandon, I mean, Branson Wright did a big story on him in Anscape this week. Yeah, I was, uh, I was actually at the, practice, the Saturday, Sunday, Monday practices when they actually practiced. Yeah, because they didn't do a whole lot today. We were out just catching some B-roll and uh, doing a few interviews and setting up some more interviews for later on today. So, see, JJT Media Group's always got something going on. Uh, and uh, one interesting side note for y'all, the guy Branson Wright, he has a, I think he's got a website, Branson Wright Films, you can check out. I met Branson when I was 20 years old. We were both interns at the Cincinnati Inquirer. And see, that's how relationships work. 30-something years later, he calls me up says, hey, I need some help with this doc. Can you help me out? And boom, uh, we, get, uh, we get something going on this week. So that's why I was at the Shrine Game. Now, were you at the Shrine Game uh, for business or pleasure? Uh, well, I guess it was business because I was there just to talk to people and see people, so... I don't know what pleasure I would be getting out of practices. Well, you know, some people are real draft guys. They like to really go. Yeah, those people annoy me. Oh, I'm a, I'm, do- I'm, I must annoy you then because I would love to be at practice. <laughs> <laughs> Why do those people no, no. annoy you? Doc? It's fine going to practice and watching, but don't sit there and tell me this guy has good bend and man, he can really oh, make well, yeah. steps. And yeah. bop, 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 uh, come on, you saw this dude from. East Overshoe State played two days ago for the first time. I mean, what are we doing? Yeah. And, and look, there are some people whose jobs are different than other jobs. Our jobs are to tell you what the Cowboys like about this, this player, not to say, well, if the Cowboys pick this guy, I like him, but if they pick the guy I don't like, then I, then they made a mistake. It's, you know, yeah. that, 
that's my issue with the whole draft. Everybody's being a draft guru nowadays. Oh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Just being a football. And I like going to practice. Yeah. Yeah, there you don't, go. don't get me wrong. I like going to practice, but and seeing things, and you know, you can throw some names out of guys that caught your eye, but I'm not going to get lost in the weeds about a guy from Grambling that I saw for the first time yesterday, or I guess Saturday, who actually looked pretty good. Some Dayata, something or other. Um, I can't think of his last name right now, but he intrigued me because he was a guy that played defensive end, and then they moved him to linebacker. Yeah, yesterday, so. There you go. Now he just dumped um, all everybody who loves the draft. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. It's okay. It happens. It happens, man. Sundiata. Uh, what was your? Yeah, like I've heard of him. What uh, What was your take on the uh, championship games this weekend? Um. Hmm. It's a loaded question. Um. I'll start with the I'll start with the AFC one because that one was like pulling teeth watching that one and some of the things like what Baltimore was doing offensively it's like can you not figure out what they they're doing to you the the middle of the field's open they're you know I I, I think as Lamar has been told so many times that all you do or all you are is a running quarterback whether that's true or not is not the point but he wanted to prove he wasn't a running quarterback almost it seemed like he's like dude go quit trying to like, wait, 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 run around, wait, wait, wait. Just go and get you 8, 9, 10, 15 yards. Like, that, that that bothered me from that front. And I think from the from the Chiefs' angle, they've completely changed how they play in, in the middle of a season. And that's impressive. That, that yeah. shows you coaching. That shows you what, the importance right. of coaching and what kind of coaching staff that they have. And, and the players that – What's one thing that Parcells told us? There are ways to win all these games, and they yeah. figured out what they are and how to win them. And it's not Mahomes throwing it fifty-five times. It's playing great defense. It's running. It's running the ball, and then Mahomes being great when he needs to be great. And it's just been impressive to see the run that they've been on. And then in the NFC, this is going to be more of a journalistic thing, yeah, more than the result of the game and what happened. Can we just enjoy a game for being a game? Do we have to sit there and say, this guy made the biggest boneheaded decision in the history of the NFL by doing this or not doing that? Like, if you, if you, the fourth down decisions by Dan Campbell. What are we saying if Josh Reynolds catches that first pass? Right? Right. We're saying, man, that's a gutsy play. Maybe they go on and score a touchdown and they make it. Uh, what would it have been? Uh, 30, 31 to 10. So we're basing it all on the result of the play. And I get it. That's what we're maybe supposed to do. But Josh Reynolds was open. Josh Reynolds needs to catch the ball. Um, yeah. Now, I, I would have picked the field goal to go try and go back up three scores. But I'll be honest with you. I didn't know that Badgley's field goal percentage from 40 to 49 was as poor as it was. So it wasn't like it was just a, an easy field goal for him to make either one of those drives, right? Right, especially so, on grass. Right, and it was raining, and it was, you know, all this, that, and the other. So um, I'm okay with the decisions that Dan Campbell made, and I, do, and I don't base – like, I'm not going to sit there and say, well, it didn't work, so you're an idiot. I, I, hate, I hate that that's what sports debate has become. And it's just maddening. 
uh, and it's just maddening, frustrating, whatever. It's like, how about we just enjoy a game for the competition of the game, and and then you like move on. Was it the right decision or wrong decision? It was a decision that Dan Campbell has made a thousand times for his team. What, whatever, move on. Like, I I know I'm supposed to be the embrace debate guy and all that, but I just can't do it. <laughs> no, I think um, I try not. I'm not always successful, but I really try not to be results oriented because. And I I used to tell my kids this uh, when they were when they were kids, but you know you can cheat on the test and have a great result. You know, or you can go through the process of learning the material, and even if the result is bad, if you keep practicing and learning and studying, ultimately you'll have a really good result. Uh, you know, so for and so my point was, I was always telling them it's never really about the result for me; it's about the process for me, uh, because I'm really much more of a process guy, like Jason Garrett, than uh, than most people. And so I get how. The process matters, and Dan Campbell's got his own process. And it's, you know what it is, man? It's like play calling. You can call right. a bad play that works, so the result was good, but the process was bad. Or you can call this great play that doesn't work, and the process was good, but the result was bad. But if you do that one more times than not, at the end of the game, you'll probably be much more successful than if you call a bunch of bad plays that worked here and there. Now, occasionally you'll win a game like that, but it's not a recipe for success. Is probably what I'm saying. Right, but and that's like no one is for, for the people that I said Campbell's got to just especially on the first one, he's got to take the points there. Well, you know, no one ever factors in that it. You know, he might know his kicker a little bit better than you that are watching his team two days ago, and or, or understood <laughs> that that guy's result. You know, his his uh, success rate from forty to forty nine was. I think it was in the 60s or something like that, maybe or low 70s, whatever it was. So it wasn't yeah, like a, 45%. It wasn't like a given, right? It wasn't like in, in his yeah. mind. And the way the game was going, he knew he needed points because his defense had been figured out. So he had to he had to go on and and go from there. And again, I'll go back to if Reynolds catches the ball, we're not even saying anything about it, <laughs> right? Yeah, well, like, a, a lot of yeah, a yeah. lot of a lot of times in the media, everything got to be a quick take. They're not doing right. no research on on the kicking percentage and none of that. Every, and, and it is quick take, a quick take, and usually it's a consensus take. Everybody's saying the same damn thing. I guarantee you, they're not taking their time to look up the kicking percentage and the grass and all of that stuff, which you should take in consideration. Right. You know, after saying all that, I would have, I would have damn sure kicked the field goal the first time. Oh, I, I, and that's the thing. I would have tried to, I would have kicked the field goal, but I'm not going to blast the guy for the decision if it's well thought out and in his mind, it's what he thinks is best for his team. You know, like that's where I think some of us, and again, the media get over ourselves. Like we, like we know what we're talking about. Get out of here. I mean, again, what would we have said if Josh Reynolds? catches that pass on fourth and three yeah like to, to me that game was more about the interception that was went off the dude's face mask it was caught at the three or whatever it was yeah. it was reynolds other drop there i think on that next drive um that that negated what could have been a a, a good drive by uh detroit and then it was un, unable to down the punt at the one where you could have flipped the the field and and stem some of the tide and it's funny like 
people are sitting there going on the they got away from what they did well in the first in the first half where they ran it so well and they didn't run it in the second half they they ran it 21 times they they threw it 20 times in the second half and only ran it seven i went back and looked it up so it was 24 10 when they got the ball back that drive that ended right. with the first for missed for fourth down four passes four runs 24 17 the next drive they ran it on first down and they fumbled 24 24 two passes and a run they went three and out 27 24 five passes one run 34 24 with 302 to go are they supposed to run the ball in that situation when you're down 10 yeah. so really it was 11 passes and seven runs not 20 and seven so that okay they ran it 21 times the first half and threw it 20 much i guess you could say it was as balanced as you can get out but it wasn't right. like they came out in the second half and just chucked it all over the place so at some point you got to factor in time and score and games. Yeah, that's why like when people say, remember the stat like the Cowboys were fifty-seven and two when Zeke got twenty carries or whatever it was. Well, they right. just give it to Zeke the first twenty plays of the game and run it, and then you're going to win. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, what do we? You know, Brandon, I think this year was Brandon Cooks. Every time he had more than twenty yards for. Receiving the Cowboys yeah. won. Okay, well, just like the first five plays in the game, make sure he gets over twenty yards, and you're gonna win. Like, right? I, I, I guess I'm just, I'm, I'm being facetious a little bit, but some of that stuff it just kind of wears thin after covering this game for as long as I've covered it. Uh, well, when you look at the four teams in the championship game, do you come away saying Dallas is not that far away, or oh my god, Dallas got a lot of work to do? Um. Can both things be true? But I would yeah. I would honestly tend to lean more towards they're not that far away. Uh, to, to be honest with you, maybe that'll surprise some folks with it, that I say that because, you know, they beat Detroit. And if you want to say they shouldn't have beat Detroit, well, then they were right there with Detroit. And, and clearly they weren't there with San Francisco in October. But San Francisco struggled in their two playoff games at home against Green Bay and, and Detroit. And and they want them both, and that's what good teams do. And the Cowboys have have to figure out how to do that. No one has had the secret sauce on that one since 1995, regardless of player, coach, whatever, um, or, or a combination of players and combination of coaches. Um, but I don't think they're that far off in, in a conference that, again, doesn't have Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, um, Drew Brees, all these Hall of Fame-bound quarterbacks yeah, uh, in their peaks. Purdy's really good. Um, don't get me wrong. I, I, I think he's much better than people give him credit for, but they can still, he can still have bad days and bad games. Um, Jordan Love looks like he's going to be the part, but let's see if he can do it for more than a 10-game you know, run that he had at the end of the season. There's still questions about him. Um, right. Jalen Hurts, how's he going to mesh with Kellen Moore now? Let's see how that goes. Uh, in Philadelphia, obviously, he had a, a down season. So, if you're basing it on your quarterback, if you if you if you eliminate the emotions of the playoff game against Green Bay, Dak's still the. If you want to say he's the second best quarterback in the conference, fine, Purdy. I'm okay with that. Fine, he's still the second best quarterback in the NFC. So, that, that's why I don't think they're 
necessarily far off, but they better hit on the draft, which they don't have a lot of picks. They better keep the right free agents and add the right kind of guys. And, and I'm not saying like everything has to hit, but they have to have a lot more hits this off season than they had last off season. Um, what do you think they do with uh, Tyron Smith? I don't know if it's a decision what they do. I think it's a decision what Tyron wants to do. Okay. Um, that, that, does he want to play anymore is what it comes down to. And I, I don't know the answer to that question. Um, I don't think Tyron wants to go somewhere else and play. Right. So if he does want to play, I think it's here. And I think they figure something out uh, the way they did uh, it last off season with, with the contract and, you know, making sure that you're earned money through how many games you played and play time percentages and this, that, and the other. So, right. um, but the, obviously that you want to have that figured out sooner rather than later, because when he did play, he was still really good. Right. I mean, and I'm yeah. not basing that because he was named the second team all pro, like just by the, the pass rush block rates and uh, all pass block rates and run block, all that. And, and that in the eye test, he was still, you know, an effective left tackle. That is that is a lot better when you're paying him whatever they paid him this year. I think it ended up being like twelve million bucks, maybe maybe a month by something. But um, then if you're paying him, well, I mean, actually, it probably wasn't twelve. It was probably less than that. But you know, I, if he wants to play, I think he plays here, and I don't think the Cowboys would sniff at that. I think they'd like to keep him. Uh, do they have to do? Let me see. They added uh, Stefan Gilmore and Brandon Cooks uh, through trades last year. They don't have those picks to trade this year. Do you see them being creative, trying to add some more uh, players like that this season, this offseason? Um, I would say yes, and for a couple of reasons. That's more valuable than drafting a guy theoretically in the sixth round that clearly has some problems and issues or he wouldn't have lasted until the sixth round um, at whatever position you want to take him. And you're getting a a proven commodity in both of those guys and what they meant to the, to the team. And, but the issue is going to be this. And I'll trust Jim Nagy. He's he's the senior bowl um, guy running senior bowl. He said the, the NIL decisions and, um, all the, the players having extra years of eligibility and the, all that stuff is wiped out the third day of the draft in terms of the effectiveness of the players that are going to be available. Every team's going to know that, so it'll be you, you might not be in a situation where you can trade that low five, low six round pick uh, and, and get a player of a quality of Gilmore or or Cooks. So, but I, yeah. I think there's more of an opportunity the Cowboys look to go that route again as opposed to playing the uh, free agent market. Sorry to disappoint everybody on that one. (laughs) And what do you think they do with Gilmore? Um, It's all going to be about the price, right? And I don't know if they're going to have enough – money for him to be able to come back here, which is unfortunate because I think he, he meant a lot to this team and he played well enough. Um, but I, I think he's almost like Darrell Revis at the end where Darrell bounced around to a few teams that 
to pay him the most. I think whoever pays him the most, maybe. And I'm not saying he's like a mercenary or anything like that, but how do you pass up if the money's going to be such a big difference? I don't know how you pass it up. Yeah, because he's he's already played the last four years with New England, Carolina, the Colts, and the Cowboys. So that's four and four years. So we could be looking at uh, you know five and five years if the money's not right. Right. And what is the okay? He's coming off labrum surgery. He's going to be thirty-four years old. What is the price you pay? Like I, I he made ten million dollars this year. Is, can they afford that again going forward, knowing that you've got Diggs coming back, you got Bland, you don't know what you're doing with Jordan Lewis, who's a free agent. Would they, does it come down to a Jordan Lewis versus Stephon Gilmore conversation? Okay, and who do you want better, in that conversation? Where you better served? You got to pick one. You want Gilmore or you want Lewis? I'm thinking. <laughs> um, See, it's an interesting question I, because right, uh, I'd say Lewis because he's younger, but then I can factor in his foot injury and say, eh, I don't know. And I can always move Bland back to the slot. You know, if you don't have Lewis and you have Gilmore outside, da da da. da but you maybe want to keep Bland outside. I, I off the top of my head, very quick. Quickly, I would say probably Jordan Lewis. Well, I would say, yeah, it's a tough choice because uh, Jordan is, uh, he's 28, uh, so he's a little guy, so you don't know how long, much longer his body will hold up. But, uh, right, and the maybe, foot injury is the foot injury, yeah, so I mean, that's maybe, not going away. So maybe he gets a two-year deal or a three-year deal that's really a two-year deal. But the thing I will say about Jordan is you say what you want to about him. He does seem to make a lot of plays. Uh, now, he give up a few plays, but everybody does. But he seems to make a few plays, right. too. So, yeah. that's, a, that's, a, that's a tough choice. He, uh, he's the what Parcells called that back in the football-playing dude. Jordan yep. Lewis is a football-playing dude. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Just – and he's a good dude, but uh, he's a player, yeah. man. There's it's always a spot in the league for somebody like that. It's just, you know, can you afford him in, in today's NFL? Like, I don't think he's the kind of cat who's ever going to get rich in the NFL. I mean, he would be rich for a normal person, but he's not going to be, you know, what you think of as athlete rich. Um, well, and then you're in a situation where he knows that his, he's got the foot issue, right? The Cowboys know better than anybody that he's got the foot issue, and they'll know how to protect them and manage them and look at it that way, whereas the new team maybe doesn't, right? So that's that's another part of the equation you have to have to consider when you're wondering if uh, if they're going to keep him. Yeah, he signed a, a three-year – oh, he did good. He signed a three-year, $13 million deal, and he got all his money, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that's good for him. He can sign that type of deal again, maybe about the same or a little bit less. But anytime you're Jordan Lewis and you got all your $13 million, uh, haven't talked to him a little bit, he doesn't strike me as the kind of dude who has a super extravagant lifestyle. So I think he did all right. Uh, at least he got that one. Uh, uh, here's another guy we don't talk about. I don't mean to go through all the free agents, but these guys keep popping up in my head. Dorrance Armstrong, sneaky good. What do you do with him? Uh, yeah, and – I think he's still only 26 years old. Yeah, because he keep getting he came out early, and he was young, and uh, you know he keeps getting these two year deals. Right. So um, 
I want to make sure I'm looking that up right. Make sure it is right. Armstrong. He was born in 90, June 97 when he was born. So yeah, he's 20, he's, he's going to be 27 in, in June. So right. here's a guy, he had seven and a half sacks, right? In, in the year before he probably had eight and a half and he, he doesn't play a whole ton of snaps, which I don't sometimes get why he doesn't play more than, than he does. But I'll put him in the category of someone's going to pay him more than what the Cowboys can afford. Yeah, that, that's so. what I think. Now, I thought that yep. two years ago, yep. and he ended up coming back. And part of the reason why he came back was Randy Gregory signed as a free agent in Denver. So the Cowboys had more money available. And, and look how that worked out for the Cowboys. You would rather have had Randy. Yeah. Or, or Dorrance Armstrong. I'd rather have Dorrance had Armstrong. Dorrance Armstrong. Right. So you never know how it's going to go. And and then you're in a situation where what do you, Demarcus Lawrence is entering the last year of his deal. I don't, again, how much longer does he want to play? There's really, I mean, heck, he was just added to the Pro Bowl today. He's still a really strong player. I, do you extend his contract? Uh, do you do something with him? So there's so many, like, different tentacles that everything has when we're talking about all these players that it's not as simple as, oh yeah, keep that guy even if it might cost you this guy. There's always a both two sides of that pancake as Parcells would tell us, right? And <laughs> um, I, I would do, try what I can to keep Dorrance Armstrong. I just don't think they're going to, I think someone else is going to pay Paying more like than I, what the Cowboys yeah, can. Yeah, I don't think you're getting like pass rushers. But see, here's the thing: pass rushers are at a premium in today's NFL. And so, what you're saying is exactly right. Like you're not getting him for six million dollars a year on this on this next contract. And so, but pass rushers are at such a premium. You hate to give away guys who can get to the quarterback, even in the limited spitch, because uh, you got to replace that. Like, is there somebody in the roster you let? You go, oh yeah, I guess that guy's. That guy, we can mark him down for six or seven. But by the same token, maybe uh, maybe Sam when, Williams. No, that, if he stay out of trouble. Okay, nah, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, he's still on the contract though. What's wrong with right, Sam Williams, man? That. Like Sam, like that was a great point, Joe, because Sam Williams could get you seven yeah. sacks next year, and I wouldn't be shocked at all. Now, Tad will say what. I would be surprised um, because he's not shown that yet, and I know his playing time and yeah, blah 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 blah. He's he'll have more penalties than he will sacks. Sacks. Um, and I will say, look, hmm. stop taking the go. second round risks. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, okay, yeah. Trayvon Diggs was that was that wasn't a risk, and that one worked out for you, but. Right. All right, let's go. Tell well, Joseph, didn't. huge risk, didn't yeah. work. Um, Sam Williams, now, Scootmaker didn't have really anything wrong with him, and that, obviously, his rookie year didn't work out. I'm still holding out. I still believe that Scootmaker will be okay. Tristan Hill, yeah. Buster. Yeah. Connor Williams, started for four years. That Cowboys screwed that one up in my mind, but not moving him to center. Yeah, he played Cheeto. center in Miami. Yeah. Right. Cheeto, 2017. Good, solid player. Was never going to play as well here as he did and as he has in Cincinnati, and I don't know the answer to that one. Jalen, we know how that one went. Randy Gregory, you know that. So DeMarcus Lawrence. So we just went back 10 years. Well, they DeMarcus tried. Lawrence, they traded. 
Seems like they try to find. Seems like they try to find value in guys who are boneheads. That's what I'm saying. No, they try to find first There's round talent in the injury. second round. Yeah, yeah. And they, it's look, been and a, that's why it's been a lot of dumbasses and boneheads drafted in the second round. I just said they're trying to find first round talent. Yeah, in the second round they're trying to get one over. Yeah, they're trying to get and a that's bonus why first round. With, not, not the bonehead part of it, but certainly the talent part of it with the Brooks kid from Texas. Everybody's already kind of linking him to the Cowboys in the second round because Dr. Cooper did his surgery and, you know, everything should come out well from the ACL with him. Right. And, right. you know, he would have been a first-round pick if he didn't have it, da-da-da-da-da. Uh, you know, so maybe, maybe if That's it's, a classic any, pick that they make. Right. Yeah. So I would say, okay, if it's Brooks, I'm okay with it. If it's somebody else, don't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that's how it goes. All right, Todd Archer, we always appreciate you, man. Uh, and I hope you had a lot of good draft experiences we get to East West Shrine Bowl. Yeah, who got the best bend over there? <laughs> <laughs> Not who, me. Who got, the best, who got the best pa- backpedaling, you know. No, the loose hips, man. We yeah, the yeah, loose do, hips. Do you got the loose hips. Let's see. I'm going to say there's – hold on. Hold on. Now you guys keep fucking out. You're going to get me looking at my rock <laughs> I was being uh, facetious, dog. Okay. Archer drops the <laughs> F.A. Wow. Yeah. And the it's, best player it's much appreciated. Washington, a wide receiver from Virginia. Yep, I heard uh, his name I, today. I he, he's, he's, he's a good one, I think. Um, yeah, yeah the, the, there's not, the, there is not a quarterback over there that is going to play in the league. So you don't need to watch the quarterbacks. Um, okay. So that well, that one I would say. Uh, oh, now you got me. Now I'm all choking under pressure at all these names. I Don't like the a- uh, Colorado State tight end uh, Holker. I thought, he, but again, they're not going to draft the tight end, so it doesn't matter. Um, the line play wasn't bad. I know there's a lot of people like the Christian Mahogany kid from Boston College. Um. And given my ties to the Northeast and my surprise, people that when I say I don't know about him, because when I watched him just move, run, it was painful to watch him run. Like, is this kind of herky jerky and like, oh, my knees were hurting from watching him run. Wow. So, um, I like the North Dakota State Center, Jalen Sundell. Thought he was a pretty athletic guy. Is that a brother? Um, he is not a brother. Well, not a lot of white guys named Jalen. I liked it. Okay. Well, I say that. I don't think he's a brother. Let me change oh, to that one. Maybe it's Team Light Skin. Uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm going to get in trouble now. Um, uh, hold on. There's another guy that I need to find. That's going to get you in I'm trouble? Gonna, That's going to get you yeah. in trouble? Calling us fucking assholes? That ain't going to get you in trouble? <laughs> well... <laughs> Was that out of love? I know. I took it out of love. I got a warm, fuzzy feeling when you said that. Now, I looked up Jalen. Jalen is definitely not a – he's definitely a white guy. He's not team light-skinned. Definitely white guy. All right, here's a, here's a guy that I don't know where he's going to go, if he goes at all, that I like. Jalen Coker, wide receiver from Holy Cross. He caught my eye, like, a couple of times. Now he, he looked like uh, He looked like Gordy Lockbaum. He does not look like Gordy Lockbaum. All right, um, I just had to drop that. Pole. That is he a brother? Yes. Uh, no, he don't look he, like Gordy Lockman. He's definitely two, team light skin though. Yeah. The, yeah, boy. 
the first, first two days he caught my eye. The first day especially he caught my eye. I'm like, oh, this one, he, he, he's not bad. So, um, so there you go. There's, here, you know, like, okay, I'm probably keeping us way too long now. But that's okay. You earn your money this the week. Combine, right? Talk moving the combine to Dallas. That would be the world's worst move. You know what? They should move to Dallas or, or the Frisco what's, area. What's that? Senior Bowl. Okay. Now, I that yeah. would. I don't know yeah. if Mobile would even allow that, or people would want to move. But this is this was a good week at the Star for for a lot of people um, and a lot of scouts to know, to see these guys because it was easier to get here than either. Stanford, where they played the game for years, or wherever, yeah. wherever well, it's been. You know, Maybe Vegas no. last year, but yeah, it's easy to get here. Everything's self-contained. Everything's a mile yeah. away. Restaurants. I mean, it's like a little right. Indianapolis, so to speak. But I don't. Um, but the combine would be terrible here because, as much as that's self-contained, it's not self-contained the way Indianapolis is self-contained, and everything would have to be spread out, and you yeah. maybe have to use the stadium and the star, and that would just be a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think, uh, but I was talking to somebody with the Shrine game today, and they were like, uh, I think we like it here. We're not going anywhere anytime soon. So yeah. we'll see. All right, my friend, I appreciate you. All right. Yep. See you guys. All right. It's Todd Archer brought to you each and every uh, Wednesday by Smokey John's Barbecue. Uh, Super Bowl is coming up. Now it's oh, time to a, go get. That's a spicy Todd Archer today. Oh, okay, yeah, spicy. Uh, now that he's gone, I can say, see, I'm on team light skin, but he's on team white skin. <laughs> I don't even know. I, I'm, huh? I don't even know what that means. Just, right. just stop. Just, just laugh, man. It's all good. Nah. Uh, Smokey John's Barbecue. <laughs> he brings us spicy Todd Archer each and every Wednesday. Uh, the Super Bowl is coming up. Plenty of time to order the big game pack, and uh, you want to get that, man. Uh, it is a half a gallon of brisket queso, tortilla chips, four pounds of wings, four pounds, two pounds of ribs, that famous barbecue sauce, some brownies, all. I think I'm going to order this myself for one thirty nine ninety five. You can feed all the people, just show up for the game, put the spread on the island, watch the game, you're good to go. Um, all you got to do is call one eight eight eight. 70SJBBQ or 1888-707-5227. But uh, give Smokey John's Barbecue a call. The big game pack needs to be on your table uh, for Super Bowl Sunday, which is coming up. Uh, you got to order it by February 8th to make sure you got it by the game, okay? So you still got plenty of time. Uh, also want to tell you that uh, the Jam Session Bowl is on the secret menu. So if you if you want the big game pack, that does not preclude you preclude you from getting this the uh, jam session bowl, which is a bowl with a uh, mac and cheese, a mashed potato base, uh, two out of five smoked meats, all the great stuff that you find on a loaded baked potato, like bacon bits and chives and cheese and sour cream and onions, all that stuff, man, butter. And then um, they either drizzle it with sauce or drench it with sauce, depending on what you want. And whoo, it is to live for love in your mouth. That's what it is, man. Uh, one day you're going uh, to understand that, but trust me on that. Love in your mouth. Three words I, I would never say. <laughs> 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 no, sir. Not at all. Not ever. 
Okay, well, that's Smokey John's Barbecue, man. They bring us Todd Archer each and every Wednesday, Clarence Hill on Fridays. You can drop by 1820 West Mockingbird, open every day but Sunday and Monday. They big, are the big um, game pack, like that. Yeah, no, nah, big game pack is good, man. Yeah, that's sound. And good. The, sm- the smoke wings. Now, y'all know I'm a wing expert. Mm. Go ahead, insert the joke right I, there. I have nothing. I am a wing expert. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> you need to stop the laughing, Doc. But I am. And uh, the smoke wings of Smokey John's, whoo, better than sex. Almost. Always come back. Always come back to that. But all right. No, I don't. Normally I'm cussing. Yeah. But I've tried. You can, I tried not to offend you, so I tried to stop cussing so much. You ain't offending me. But it's other people. It's, it's the people out there. Yeah. Hey man, we got we got the the tag on the thing says. I know, uh, but it's bad language may be heard. Explicit, yeah, I don't, I know. So you know, man, it come with the territory. Yeah. I mean, I could rattle off them with the best of them when I'm not feeling so good. But uh, let's move along. Roger that. Uh, Chuck Coopstein got on me last night, and I wanted to, I wanted to let him know because he's a listener, voice of the Mavs. He's, he's like, you talked about all this. Excuse me, I'm not having hiccups. How come you didn't talk about Lucas scoring 73? And what I wanted to tell Coop is, I mean, I was live tweeting Lucas scoring 73 because it was that phenomenal. And this happens sometimes, man. Lucas scored 73 win on Friday night. So there was no show Saturday, of course. No shows. I mean, no shows. I mean, we did the show Sunday, but on Sunday it's all about what? The reality of it is, it's really all about football then. Um, and we were still, you know, so his seventy three kind of got lost in the football shuffle. Uh, but I didn't want to ignore it. But you got to find a good time to talk about it. And I thought today was a good time to at least broach the topic because last night uh, Luca hit forty five. As the Mavericks um, came back and beat Orlando 131-129. Now, I didn't want to tell Coop this either. But around here, if we're going to be honest, and we like to keep it real. We like to keep it 100. We like to keep it a buck, whatever your favorite phrase is. We don't really start paying attention to the Mavericks unless they're really, 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 really good, which they have been in the past, until after football season. That's just the real, dog, and maybe even after the All-Star break. And the Mavericks this year, I would classify them. You tell me what you think. They're a cute little team this year. What do you think? Is that a fair assessment of that? Oh, I'm impressed that that Chuck is listening to the show. I like that. I like that. (laughs) I like that, you know, Uh, criticism from the big dog. I I, I hold him in high esteem. I like Chuck. No, Cooper, I mean, let me tell you all something. Real talk. The fact that you can be in Dallas-Fort Worth and listen to Coop do basketball, and he is amazing. Mm-hmm. And I just said this because he listened. I told him to his face. Matter of fact, you know what I told Coop one time? This is real truth. This is, this is exactly how I said it. I said, Coop, you done fucked it up for me. He looked at me. What are you talking about? I said, dude, I literally can't listen to every basketball guy do basketball anymore. You tell me what every dude is doing on the court at every moment that the ball touches him. I said, I don't know how you talk that fast. Because I was telling him, uh, this conversation came up because I was listening to the game one time, and I turned it off because a guy was like this, 
Hartfield inbounds to Taylor. Taylor dribbles, scores. I don't know where he was. Yeah. I don't know what he did. All I know is Taylor dribbled the ball and he scored. With Koopitz, Hartfield inbounds to Taylor. Brings it up the right wing. Crossover, pass over to the left wing. Between his legs, looks for the pick. Calls for the pick and roll. Into the middle, pull back, fade away, 15-foot bucket. Yep. You take that, you take that for granted, <laughs> man. You take no. that for granted till you listen to somebody else. That's what I'm saying. No. I just realized that when you said that. I didn't I'm realize telling you. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True that. That's how Coop do yeah, it. Yeah. And so I told him to his face, you done fucked me up for everybody else, man. Everybody now, else, yeah. he's not the only he's not the only great play by play guy. But he's so good, you can listen to some other people and you should be like, you know what? I can't listen to you. Yeah. Um, so you throw Coop in, you throw Brad Shaman doing the Cowboys living legend. Um, you do Eric Nadell, who's fantastic on baseball. I had to talk with with Nadell one day. I said, "Duh, you." I said something about how do you say? Why did you say sun splashed something in the outfield? And he started laughing. I said, "I've been hearing you, man. You've been picking up some weird, some different kind of phrases." And he said, "Okay, JJ, because he calls me JJ." He says, "Here's what happens." I listen to these old ball games from the 40s and the 50s. And sometimes when I hear a phrase that I really like, I, I use it in, in my broadcast. I said, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I feel you on that. And uh, so Nadell is great. And then you got Daryl Razor Ray, who does the stars. Now, Ralph Strangis was great doing play-by-play. But uh, Razor, because he played goalie, uh, he does a great job with the stars. So what I'm telling y'all is you're blessed to have some of the best play-by-play people in the country, all of them uh, Hall of Fame caliber announcers um, in Dallas-Fort Worth, and that's not to be taken for granted. I have a Brad Sham story. What's your Brad we was Sham in training story? camp. We was in training camp in Wichita Falls. First, I think the second time, maybe the first time. I don't know. I went to training camp with you twice, but uh, you, I visited training camp with you twice. But uh, we was we were standing on the sideline. And Troy underthrew the hell out of Joey Galloway. And it was me, you, Brad, Sam, and uh, what's the other guy? Gary, uh, uh, Jerry Moore, Gary Moore, Gary Moore. And we were standing there, and he underthrew the hell out of Joey Galloway. And I said, damn, Troy missed him again. He's throwing like his back hurt or something. Man, I want to (laughs) say you was like ready to slap me upside. Like, hey, hey, come here. You pulled me to say, you can't say that. Brad Sham standing there because you know that's you're gonna get back to Troy. I said, "All right, let me shut up then." Now I wonder why I cared whether what some fan said got back to Troy. I don't know, but I'm just saying you was like, "Don't say that around Brad Sham." Oh uh, well, no, that is his boy now. So. That's what. Well, that's what it was. That's what it was. You can't be saying that. Yeah, so that, maybe I just meant you can't say that around Brad because you know he's sensitive about his boy. Okay, that's probably what you said. Maybe not that they get back, but you say don't say that around Brad. I was like, okay, because I was just making observations. <laughs> you nah, know, man. I remember that and uh, Lonzo Spellman, how big he was. That dude was uh, huge. Yeah. You sound like my dad. I took him to a press conference. I mean, I took him to a couple games, and I hey, man, this is a working press box. You can't do nothing in the game. You can't. You just got to watch the game. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Quincy Carter, I can't remember who they were. Seemed like they was playing San Francisco, but I can't be for right. sure. Quincy Carter threw one of the best deep balls he's ever thrown. Whoever the receiver was made kind of like a circus catch, even though it was a great pass, 
on the corner of the end zone, right by the pylon, and maybe they scored, maybe I didn't. Here go my dad. Yeah! I like, <laughs> I slapped them on the shoulder. I'm like, hey, man, you going to get us both kicked up. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Then he liked to tell the story on another game. I said, hey, remember, man, you're not down here to ask no questions. You're just down here to observe. <laughs> he said, I can't even ask one. I said, no. And so he, yeah, likes, you, to, he likes to. Yeah, you're a hypocrite, too. Why you say that, man? Because remember we went to, remember I took your ass to the car show? Are we really going back to the car show? Hell yeah, we going back to the car show. Cause I asked him, <laughs> <laughs> it was like, I think we just, I, I said, all right, look at Because I, I, I collect sports cars for a long time. So I take, I take your boy Jock to the car show. And I said, hey, man, just, just check it out. I don't. We haven't been friends that long, so I don't know him probably, that well. Probably about a year, maybe. Maybe. Uh, but we go to the car show, and uh, I talk to one of the dealers. And I'm trying to do my mojo, you know, trying to get a you know, good card set. And he said, hey, I got these new these new score packs, these score 89, score 90, whatever it was. I think it was 90-something. I said, hey, do, do they got good distribution in there? And the distribution <laughs> means that is it are the cards varied, you know. So you don't want to get nine of the same car unless it's a hot rookie or something. But anyway, I go, so is the distribution good? <laughs> my, my reporter friend goes, you think he going to tell you if the distribution is good? I was like, hold on, sir. Hold on, sir. Excuse me. I pulled him off. I said, if you don't shut your ass up, I'm trying to work this thing. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Your dad ain't the only one who don't know what not to say and all of that. I didn't know I would have to prep you, but you being Mr. Mr. Reporter. I'm being Mr. Reporter, man. Yeah, you don't think he's going to tell you that? Whatever like that dude looked at me like, who is that guy? I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Never mind. Let's, you know, let's move let's on. Go t- let's move on. Check yeah, out your new car. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that, that, that makes me think, yeah. Yeah, you, you a hypocrite, dog. You was all on the man. The man made the man not want to sell me. I seen that man the next week. He was like, hey, where's your friend? I said, hey, he ain't my friend. Don't worry about him. <laughs> uh, yeah. See, now that was that was a, that wasn't just an exit ramp. We got off at the rest stop, went to Bucky's, bought a barbecue sandwich, yeah. went to the bathroom, gassed yeah. it up, and now we're back on the road to Luka Doncic. Yeah, I could, uh, yeah. What you got another no, story? Oh well, okay. Uh, at Sigma, where I work, at the truck company I work for, I told everybody, "Hey, man, I'm going to the training camp. You want to go?" They all thought I was lying. So I got a friend covered the Cowboys. Yeah, right. You know Jock Taylor? Yeah, yeah, I, I know him. That's a friend of mine. Nah, whatever. One guy, a guy named Kenny McCullough said, yeah, I'll go. We jump in Kenny's truck. Kenny said, I know the way to Wichita Falls. All right. We get halfway to Oklahoma, and he goes, I said, man, this ain't the way. I've been to Oklahoma. This ain't the way to Wichita Falls. <laughs> so we had to call Jock and say, hey, Jock, which way we go? We up here? And I he said, okay, come on back. So Make a long story short, me and Kenny went to training camp, and we kicked it with Jacques and Clarence and all of them guys, and we five feet away from him, I'm ten feet away from Dave Campo when he's at the press conference and all that. So Kenny goes back to work, you know, that week, and he goes, man, we went to training camp. He told everybody. Next thing you know, I got 50 people going, hey, man, <laughs> next time you go to camp, oh, hell no. I told you I was going. Hell no, 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 no. The only person going with me is Kenny. That's it. And we ain't going to get lost this time. The hell with the rest of y'all, nobody believe me. But somebody got it. But in the good old days, because yeah. you can't do that no more. Uh, they got, uh, you know, they got security and all this stuff now. So 
Uh, that was an experience that nobody could have these days. Yeah, I went to Austin. Uh, I went to Austin, got sideline passes. Well, I had sideline passes both times. Yeah, now nah, they don't even do that no more. Yeah, that was cool. You, you can you get VIP tent, but they keep everybody off the field now. So uh, it's not what it used to be, but, uh, you know, my kids, my wife, all of them used to go down there. I mean, they used to be one of the things for the summer because you're gone for a month. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that's before I was a colonist. So, you know. You need some some of your friends and your family to break up, uh, break up that month time down there. Uh, oh yeah, so. yeah. Uh, now back to Luka Doncic. For those of you wondering, uh, he scored forty five last night, man. And when the Cowboys, I mean, when the Mavericks uh, came back from came from behind, sixteen down to beat Orlando. And my point was when I said the Mavericks got a cute little team. Um, I think they got a good team, but I don't think they're anywhere close to winning a championship. And so it's not that it, it renders the rest of the season irrelevant. It just means they're not – they're just playing games to me. Like, I don't view them as a threat to anybody. Uh, now, part of it is, and I'll listen to this, it's not their fault, meaning Kyrie been hurt a lot this year. Uh, like, I bet – and I don't have the numbers with me, but I bet Kyrie and Luca haven't played very many games together. Um, and, you know, Luca's getting a little worn down, although you can't tell it from his totals. Last night, 43 minutes, 12 of 23 from the field, 45 points, man. Three from eight of threes, nine rebounds, 15 assists. And the Mavericks still got to come from behind to win, in part because Tim Hardaway hit 36. Uh, Derek Lively, the rookie, added 20. Um, and right now, I think the Mavericks, I mean, the West is so tight that the standings fluctuate quite a bit from day to day. But I think it's a little hard to get into the Mavericks just because they just, I mean, I just don't see them as a championship flow. And so, um, you know, I'm trying not to be a championship of bus guy. But the Mavericks are uh, the Mavericks are in seventh place in the West, two games out of fifth place uh, in the West in Sacramento, and um, you know they're five games behind fourth place L.A. Clippers. Uh, so to me, they got to do some work. And ahead of them is Phoenix, which blew them out the other day, and Sacramento, which blew them out a couple days ago. Um, so you know, and behind them is the the Lakers in Utah. So it seems to me that the Mavericks, they're only a game behind Phoenix, but do you really feel like with Devin Booker and KD that they're going to catch Phoenix? Because to me, just off the top, they're not. Um, and so they're going to end up playing in the play-in tournament with uh, New Orleans and the Lakers and whoever else ends up down there. And so, uh, you know, maybe they can make a run if they can ever get Kyrie and Luka on the court at the same time. But, dude. That just uh, yeah, I know. think they can. I think they can because uh, Phoenix need a point guard. They don't have a true point guard, so they still trying to figure that out. And right. uh, the Mavericks, it depends on how good to me how good Lively plays. The, the new center they drafted, and uh, they get all them guys on. Like you said, they get all them guys on the court at the same time. It's all good. Well, I mean, I think that's a problem. I mean, obviously it's a problem, but. You know, Kyrie is just, I mean, his foot's always messed up. Something's always wrong with him. 
Luca's been playing a lot of minutes. I, I just like I don't. I think the reason uh, J Kid's been a little bit patient is they just haven't had their team, and so it's hard for me to say this or that until I get my team together. But and then my team got to play some games together. I mean, they really haven't played very much basketball together. As well, long as Kyrie, as long as it's an injury with Kyrie and it ain't mental with him, they got a chance. Cause when he talking about the flat Earth and all of that other stuff. And he don't want to play. I got problems with him. But uh, as far well, as I, I talked to, uh, I talked to some people uh, earlier uh, this season, uh, probably a few weeks ago. See, right now he got a right thumb sprain, mm-hmm. um, and they said Kyrie. The reason why you haven't heard about any drama with Kyrie in Dallas is two reasons. Number one, uh, uh, he's been. Um, how do I want to say? Jason Kidd was his idol growing up. Jason Kidd was the guy he wanted to be like. And so when you do that, uh, when you get to finally hook up with your idol, unless he's really not the guy you envisioned him to be, what's the deal? You're going to be happy to hang around him and like, oh, this is my guy. And then he's known Nico Harrison, the GM, since he was a kid. Because what? Nico was on the Nike tours with all the AAU basketball and everything else. And so what I'm saying is he feels extremely comfortable. Oh, he's happy. Okay. He ha- he's there extremely comfortable with Kid. He's extremely comfortable with Harrison. And so some of the drama that may have come from other places, you never even get to in this situation because he likes the people he's working with. And then he got a lot of respect for Luca. So when you throw those three things together, that's go. why if you think about it, you haven't heard of really any drama from Kyrie since he got here. Not at all. Surprisingly. Like if you, like, seriously, if you just sit there and think about it, you haven't heard anything. Yeah, that's some good stuff. And when he, does his press, when he does his press conferences, you know, he talks, you know, he's talking basketball or, you know, he's being himself. But, you know, you don't see any of the agitated and worn out and frustrated uh, and aloof Kyrie that you've seen in other places. Because, one, he's playing for his idol. Two, he's playing with a guy, Nico Harrison, he's known since he was a high schooler. Or a teenager, and then three, he's got a lot of respect for Luca. Add all that together, and he likes Dallas. Real talk, he likes Dallas, the city, and so he's happy. Okay. So all he got to do is play basketball. See, that's why we pay you the big bucks. That's some good intel right there. Uh, well, I appreciate that. Man. Yep. Uh, now, as far as Luca and the Mavericks, uh, it's a little frustrating, I think, when you got a guy as good as Luca and your team is not as good. Like, when you have a guy like Luka, you want to be competing for championships. Uh, playing in the Western Conference Finals, which they did a couple years ago, which seems a long time ago now. And I just wonder, and nobody knows the answer to this, and maybe we'll have Coupon in the next week or two, if the Mavericks will ever be in a position to really build the kind of team around him that uh, makes him a contender. I mean, they tried to go out and get Grant Williams. They've gotten Kyrie. What they really need, what they really desperately need, and they got a little bit in lively, what they need is some of these draft picks to, like, how they hit on Jalen Brunson. They need to hit, like, Jalen Hardy. They think that's a guy that they could potentially hit on. You know, they paid Josh Green in the offseason, but Josh Green ain't really done nothing. You know, he has games here and there, but he's not like a consistent mark him down, this is what, what you get from him kind of guy. Yeah, I uh, I package uh, Jalen Hardy and Josh Green with first round pick. Get whoever I can when I play video games. Thank uh, you. When you play two K, they out of here. 
This about the first year I ain't trade everybody on the Mavericks. Like I was trying to see what uh, so Josh Green is averaging eight points, three rebounds, two assists in uh, twenty six minutes. He's shooting forty six percent from the field, which is all right. Thirty eight percent from threes, which is fine. Uh, but this is Josh Green. I'm just saying, if you look at it, and this is my problem with Josh Green, and this is the problem a lot of young guys have in the NBA. Josh Green, his last 10 games, uh, zero. I'm just going to do points. Zero, 18, 9, 13, 14, 8, 21, 11-2. You have no idea when the game starts what he's giving you. You have zero idea. Well, he don't. <laughs> and he, he don't have no idea how much he's gonna get it with Lucas shooting like that. You well, just I gotta mean, be ready. I think. He okay. He's playing thirty minutes a game, and you know his shots are fine. Eight for twelve, three for eight, four for eight, five for eleven, three for eight, eight for twelve, four for nine, one for six. It's just um, you know, and that's a fair point, but you know. But you playing and with a ball a, dominant player for one time, and I don't know that they're, and I don't know that they're. Uh, I mean, I, I know pretty much that they're not creating any plays for Josh Green. He getting right. all his stuff in transition right. and, and and off of a scramble drill when the ball go up in the air. But uh, my point is, they just got to figure out how to get somebody else to help to be a real threat. Like Tim Hardaway Jr. is playing pretty well this year, but we all and he. Tim Hardaway Jr. is what I once said about my son when he was on the bas- AAU basketball team. I walked up to the coach. It was his third year on the team. I said, hey, dog, you know damn well he don't need to be the best player on the team. The guy looked at me and said, yeah, I know. <laughs> my dude needed to be like your fifth or sixth best player on the team. If that's the case, all right, we cook it with grease. When he the best player on the team, eh, it's not really going to work out for y'all that well. And so, you know, that's what when, when, Tim, when Tim Hardaway Jr. is like your sixth or seventh or eighth best player on the team, it's all good. When he like your third or fourth best player, eh, not quite so good. Uh, that's just me. And so, you know, I think that's where it goes. But Luka Doncic is having a, having a hell of a year. Um, do you think he stays at Mav his entire career? Or when his contract is up and he's able to leave, he bounces. Man, it just depends on how hard they work to get him somebody. What What is he leaving when his contract is up? What's the potential? And what's actually, I think, what 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 do they actually have on the floor? Not who's coming. Because it's always about who's coming to the Mavericks that don't ever get here. So what do they have on the floor when he's leaving versus where he's going? That's what I think matters. All right. I mean it also in the sense of some people, and I don't know what Lucas' thoughts are on this. At a certain point in his career, Kobe, I don't want to play for nobody but the Lakers. Dirk, I don't want to play for nobody but the Mavericks. Will Luka be a guy who at a certain point goes, I don't want to play for nobody but, uh, but the Mavs. Well, with Kobe and the Lakers, they didn't stay down that long. The Lakers moved, and, moved and they around. won some championships. Yeah, they moved him. They, you know, his, their team got bad. They started moving him around. You know, they got rid of the Smush Parkers and players like that, and start getting them better players. So, you know, mm-hmm. by the time he could go somewhere, it wasn't worth it for him to go somewhere. Right. I well, don't maybe know. Dirk is the better example because Dirk. Yes. They hadn't won the championship yet, and he yeah. signed who knows how many contracts. Yeah. yeah. 
So I don't know. Uh, I don't know. But it feels like they need to be more championship competitive with Luka than they are. Yeah. And uh, maybe we'll see that. Maybe they'll make a run this year. Uh, now, I say all of that, but I'm going to be honest with y'all. Like, when the playoffs start, I don't think anybody in the NBA is like, oh, goody, we get to go play Luka and Kyrie. Yeah, let's go. I don't think anybody's like, yeah, oh, goody. Just like what you, you can say whatever you want about the Cowboys. I didn't think anybody was like, oh, great, we get to play the Cowboys. Bring them on. They're like, damn, they got so much talent, man. If they put it together today, eh, it's going to have a hard time winning. So uh, that's my feeling on the Mavericks. Um, I think Luka having, I mean, you know, our thing, man, is, uh, and I tell myself this sometimes because I've been covering sports so long, it's easy to get jaded. Uh, just go out and enjoy the superstar that Luka is and the talent that he has and the fact that there's a guy who's the best in the world, literally, in your city playing. Um, even if you just get to go see him in person once a year, take that opportunity. Or if you just want to watch him on TV every night, take the opportunity to watch the greatness that is Luka because uh, – you know, uh, it's a true blessing for the Mavericks to get Luka and Dirk back-to-back. That don't happen a lot for a franchise like Dallas. Think about how long they went before they had guys like this, you know? So enjoy Luka Doncic. Uh, he's worth it. Uh, real quick, man, you mentioned 2K, and we had about a 30-minute conversation on video games the other day. And uh, I like to talk about video games uh, because people enjoy them. I saw something the other day where DK Metcalf, Says in the off season he spends three or four hours a day playing uh, Call of Duty. Mm-hmm. Uh, my granddaughter uh, swung by my spot a couple months ago, and she literally spent all day playing UFC twenty three. I mean, she didn't create the character. She had them fights. And I could. I mean, I finally was like, "Hey, uh, you going home? <laughs> you, you know, can I get my TV back, please?" Uh, and my point of that is, and I got some friends who, I can't believe you're a grown-ass man playing video games. Uh, and to that I say, video games is a $100 billion industry or somewhere like that. Yeah. Do you think kids are spending all that money while you poo-pooing it? Jeez. Nah. Atari, and, Atari uh, 2600. That's all I got to say. Atari 2600 for Christmas. Started the started the whole thing. You know what started the game for me, man? Uh, my girlfriend, soon to be my first wife, Denise, bought me a Nintendo. The for NES, Christmas. the NES. Yeah, I yeah. think it was the NES. And yeah. I start, and she, I don't know what game came with it, but I went and bought Bases Loaded, the baseball game. Yeah, man, I stopped going to class. I was like a crackhead, man. I was in my apartment with the. Check this out, dog. I was in my apartment, in my bedroom with the curtains drawn tight and the lights out, playing baseball all day. Now, she was, she was a couple years older than me. She had already graduated. Hey, did you go to class today? Da, da, da. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in my drawers, playing video games yeah. in the bed you know, all day. Dressed. He ain't even dressed. Why you even ask Girl. me? Why you even ask Girl. me something like that? You see his controller in my hand? <laughs> You know, I get a, uh, you know. So, but we were talking, I was talking to Calvin Watkins of the Dallas Morning News the other day about video games, and we used to get all of them, you know, baseball, hockey, basketball. Oh, but Calvin, the game, Calvin is pressure. 
Calvin would call me and say, hey, man, baseball is out. Hey, <laughs> did you know that uh, <laughs> basketball is out? Yeah, okay, man, I'm going to get it, all right? But yeah. yeah. Remember we went to uh, Best Buy, and I held the doggone PlayStation 2 for y'all. I'm at the yeah. counter going, hey, these three, I'm paying for these three. They they about to call the police on my ass. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I, I had bought mine, but I'm holding. I'm like, I got guys coming to get these, sir. We can't hold. Y'all hold them right here. Yeah, they I'm, coming. They on the way. They on the way. Y'all show up. It's all good. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, the games are so sophisticated now that, you know, you can't get good on them. To me, unless you put in time, and I don't have time to put in. On four or five different the fighting games, the fighting games, fighting games. Uh, yeah, oh, I tried no. to do that UFC, man. I was no, like, yeah, I'm gonna no. give up on that. You too old for that. Your hands, man. You got to have them young hands to do all that. And yeah, you can't play she, no young people in no damn video games no more. Nah, cause she whipped my ass. Oh yeah, yeah. I'd be and, relevant uh, on some of those fighting games when I bought them for my kids. I'd be relevant Christmas Day. I'm whooping everybody ass Christmas Day. I go to bed. I wake <laughs> up. I'm getting killed, and I'm, I'm done. Dad, you want to play? Nope, I'm done. Nope. Yep, well, here's the deal for me, man. Um, everybody likes to play the way that they like to play. Uh, I like to play franchise mode. Yep. And uh, but I don't like to play other people. No, nah, you, you don't. Know, you don't. You don't like to lose. Well, number one, I don't like to lose. At and number all. two, I like to play to relax. The way some people come home and have a drink, I come home and. Mm-hmm. not relaxing to me you're competing you're trying to win it's it's a whole different vibe when you're playing somebody yeah yeah and so it's it's not the same relaxing thing it's okay to play people when i'm in that mode but like i've had a couple people hit me up uh, from like twitter stuff hey because i took a picture and a copy of fifa was in the picture hey come on let's get on the place of fifa no no um and you know people got different ways to play Maybe you find a glitch like I did one time. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, the hockey glitch. <laughs> a jackass. Yeah, yeah. Well, Joe used to beat me, and in, in, Joe did two things. He used to win most of the time. Uh, I'd say he probably won eight out of every ten games we played, no matter what the sport was. Well, you taught me hockey because I didn't well, know hockey, and then I start whooping your ass. Then you start cheating. I didn't cheat on purpose. And then it was, I don't even know if it was cheating. I didn't cheat on purpose. And then, and then uh, Joe always played an unorthodox style. So we play in hockey, and he, get, he played with the Blackhawks and Jeremy Roenick, and he just wanted to crash into the goalie all the time. Jeremy Roenick had, had about 50 <laughs> shots on goal in one game. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I used to just get on my nerves. And one day, somehow, I took a shot from the blue line. I didn't do it on purpose, but that thing went in. Okay, cool. Well, then I took another <laughs> shot from the blue line, and that thing went in. And I was like, "Oh snap!" I think yeah. I. But you know, there was enough goals in between that you couldn't. It didn't look the same. Oh, he got good. Like, he got good to you when you win. And then I did it one more time just to see, and I was yeah. like, "Oh, I got something for his ass the next time we played." Yeah. And the, the object was you only pull that out when you need it. Nah, when you beat somebody nine to one. <laughs> <laughs> when you beat somebody nine to one, you did it too many damn times. That's when you yeah, got man, busted. It was like, is there a glitch in this game? Yeah, it is. Hey, I don't know what you're talking about, man. It's a glitch in this game, man. Put hockey away after that. <laughs> then my brother, you was playing my brother, and he found some up and under glitch to get to the free throw line. Yeah, playing. some double pump crap. 
that Chad was using, yeah. Playing yeah. 2K. I wanted to so, no, we was playing college basketball. I wanted to choke him. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so as you can see, we've had a lot of fun over the years playing video games. But the thing I like about video games these days, like Matt McLaren, he wants to play on rookie mode and he wants to win the Cowboys game seventy five to nothing. That to him is enjoyable. He wants Dak to throw for seven hundred yards. He wants uh, Tony Pollard to run for 400 yards, and he wants CeeDee Lamb to catch 500 yards and four touchdowns. That is enjoyable to him. And I'd be judging him, like, really, Matt? But no, that's the way he likes to play. And so everybody, like, and that's the beauty of today's game. You can turn the sliders and make it. It's just a relaxing thing to do. What um, you should do, really, what I, you I, should I do is you should find I, years ago, I had a friend of mine that I met online from Arizona, and uh, we would play college football. It was competitive, but it was, it was, it was. He was a good dude, you know. We could play with the headphones on. He wasn't talking a lot of crap, and uh, we was pretty competitive with each other. So probably every Sunday, about Sunday night, about eight o'clock, we would play four games, probably till like eleven o'clock or midnight, and it was just cool. Right. If you find somebody that's not ultra competitive that'll play you in FIFA and not be a ass about it. Yeah, it's pretty fun. You know who that person is? My son. Okay. <laughs> so when he comes over, we play. Uh, we usually play once a game. We haven't played in in the last few times he's been over, but we'll get together and play a game or two. Uh, you know, and uh, it will be we'll have some fun because it's just competitive enough. Uh, but you know, he likes to talk trash too. So, nah, I can't. I wouldn't play. And then, he, then he, then he like to look at me and go, "You funny, Dad." Yeah, I'm like, really? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You you <laughs> you funny like a hole in my head. But yeah, yeah, for real. But uh, yeah, video games, ten billion dollar, hundred billion dollar industry it is not just for kids. Uh, it is for adults looking for a way to relax. And so I have a good time playing video games. I really play FIFA. That's really the only game I play these days. Like everybody else, I've been waiting for college football to come out for a decade. Hurt my heart when they when they discontinued it. And I haven't played 2014 with Shoe, Shoe, Shoelace on the cover. Yeah, Denard probably, Robinson. Probably in about four or five years. I played the hell out of it last year. I bought a PlayStation 3. I kept the copy. And then they got this thing called Revamped that you can you can mod your PlayStation or your Xbox and, and – uh, the Xbox 360 and your PlayStation. It's easier to mod a PlayStation, and you can do it on PC. But you yeah, gotta, you gotta be computer savvy to do that. I can only imagine how good it's going to be when it, whenever it comes out on the five. Uh, the way the players will move, and the yeah. way you, you should be able to call plays and execute them, RPOs and options, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, I mean, it's, it should be a yeah. You can run RPOs on Madden. I ain't played Madden in forever, man. Yeah, you can run that. Uh, probably since 2010. Last time I really played Madden, Ray Lewis was on the cover. Whatever year that was. Seemed like yeah. it's 2010, but I couldn't swear to it. Matter of fact, let me look it up. Ray Lewis Madden cover. You didn't play when you was over here? Or you just watched? I just watched. Oh, okay. I ain't going to play now because I'm not competitive. I mean, I ain't got to win, but I like to be competitive. Yeah, you got to win. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. Last time I played you online, we was playing uh, NBA Live. 
I started kicking your ass. You said, hey, my wife want me to do something. I'll call you back. <laughs> said, they okay. never call back? No, hell no. I knew what that was. Uh, yeah. Man, be like that sometimes. It is. Anyway, I ain't mad at you. Uh, I ain't mad at you. <laughs> we want to thank, uh, as always, uh, Grinny Law for sponsoring the show. Without them, it doesn't get done. You can pick up the book. Coach Prime, Deion Sanders, and the Making the Men. Signing Day is coming up soon. If you want to know how Deion gets down, why ultimately they'll win at Colorado, go to barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com, target.com, wherever you get your books, you can find it uh, very easily. Uh, we want to thank Smokey John's Barbecue for bringing us Todd Archer and Clarence D. Hill Jr. each and every Friday. Don't forget uh, to uh, subscribe, like, comment on the YouTube channel, The Real Jacques Talk. And uh, follow me on Twitter at uh, JJT Journalist. I am Jean Jacques Taylor is the handle. IG, The Real Jacques Talk. Uh, all of those, get there. Uh, we'll tell you more about the Cowboys tickets. I mean, the Mavericks tickets coming up Thursday. Section H, I mean, Row H, Section 115. Check it out. We've got a giveaway coming up for Valentine's Day. You need a date? I got you. So, with that, until we chat again, you guys be blessed. For Big Joe and the Big Rig. All right, my brother.